0: Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello, and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider. Today, I'm joined by Frances Helena, author, writer, speaker, and model who advocates for community social issues. There's a lot going on, so I'm going to leave it to her to tell you more. So thank you for joining us, Frances. And tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Thanks, Miss
1: Patricia. Hi, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm Frances, and I'm actually based um, in Australia. You might hear some birds. They're kind of noisy, but they're always... Wake up this really early, so they're gonna go on for a while. <laughs> um, and so, um, I'm actually also a fashion designer as well as author. All, I do like a lot of stuff. i a travel blogger, but recently in the last year, we've actually um, created our own fashion brand. It's called Beautifully Diverse Fashion, and it's basically about bringing people together from all different parts of the world, regardless of their experience um, in the fashion industry their age and what they look like and we had we just did new york fashion week in february and we did philadelphia as well for black history month so now we've got an age range from 13 to 64
0: very nice (laughs) now can you share with us a story behind the name of your brand beautiful diverse and how your experiences across three continents influenced its creation
1: I'm sure I grew up uh, traveling as a kid Uh, I was actually adopted into my family and so I've been very blessed we managed to live and travel all over the world places like we lived in Mexico lived in China Malaysia Singapore Hong Kong um, and now obviously Australia and there's a there's a whole list of everything and so I pretty much have been traveling since before Um, I could walk (laughs) so it was pretty much like uh, beauty is defined in so many different ways and you know there's no right or wrong answer and in the fashion industry obviously we just see certain people certain looks or a certain way that you should be but the way we've created the brand is basically to say that beauty comes in all shapes and sizes different ages and we didn't put a criteria on um modeling casting things so we just basically um let anybody come in and we teach them and we have people we even had people from america's next top model they found us and so yeah so it's pretty much we One, people's experiences in life to connect with other people and to really, you know, and I feel like people's experiences are about how you learn from other people. There's always a way to learn something new, regardless if it's in the modeling industry or, you know, whatever industry you're in, there's always a way to learn from other people.
0: Yeah, that's cool that you um take such a wide variety of people and backgrounds and all that, because <clears throat> I always say how, like years and years ago, I won't age myself, but years ago, I was into modeling. And I remember I was five foot nine, five foot nine and a half. I weighed 135 pounds, which was thin, but they told me that I should uh, focus on big women modeling, that I was too big. And it's like, wow. So, you know, I load the song, um, about, uh, uh, Victoria's secret where they say I know Victoria's secret you know because you know putting that branding on people that's how people get anorexic and you know I mean people need to know that beauty is not just if you're a stick figure who wears a size zero you know so that's really um you know important I'm glad that you you know help advocate for that nice now as a oh, community yes, definitely yeah yeah. Now, as a community activist, who's helped put legislation through? Can you talk about a particular piece of legislation that you're proud to have been a part of and how it's impacted the community?
1: I'm um, sure, so this goes back to the start of the pandemic where um in Australia, so I live in a small town where it's probably got one university and three major shopping centers like that's <laughs> it. and so um it's in the country. and so, you know, we always get a lot of international students and obviously the whole world was just shutting down. And, you know, a lot of people were coming, they always come to study, especially um, you know, from all over the world. We do get a lot of um, American people too. They come for marine biology because of the Great Barrier Reef. And so the way this came about was when everything was shutting down, I was like, well, what else can we, what else can we do? Like, there's nothing to do. Like, you know, and everybody started going online and I've always been a um, creator in like, just anything really, like creating videos. And so I just started posting videos because things were happening in the news about, you know, should we send international students home? Can they go home? And that was the issue, right? Because people just couldn't get home, you know, they were trying to get home and you couldn't, you had to divert to some other place or, you know, that area was closed. And so Someone from, it's called the Council of International Students Australia, called CISA, and they found me, um, he was at the time the head of this council, they found me and just saw like my reels, you know, you, you just post stuff sometimes, right, you got no idea where it goes or where it reaches, <laughs> right. and so we, yeah, we became really good friends, and then we were trying to figure out Ways to get funding because the Australian government was providing funding to Australian citizens. And obviously, if you're not a citizen, you don't get anything. But right. then, you know, things were, it, it was all still new. Everybody just didn't know what to do. So, uh, me and this person and a few other people that they worked with, we were um, thinking of ways what to do, and so they were already planning this to pitch it to the government to provide financial support for international students. So I know I know a lot of people and and um, you know in the community, uh, not just at the university but outside. So. And then we basically just started talking to different people, organizations, and, you know, tried to get their support. And then we managed to put it through, I think, about six states. So, and oh, we've only got seven you. states in Australia. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> now, how have you managed to juggle between being a community activist, a travel writer, and running a fashion business? Do you have any tips for our listeners on managing multiple passions?
1: I think. I think for me, I because I get bored easily. <laughs> if I'm, I'm kind of like ah, oh, I've had enough of like writing for you know an hour or whatever it may be, and right. then I move on to something else. But I think it's also being a creative and an entrepreneur. You know, you can never go, you can never really go wrong. And, you know, I think that's the thing about being an entrepreneur. It's not just one avenue. If you have talent in so many different things, you know, you can use that and uh, use that, well, use those methods to make money, you know, because a lot of the times we focus on either a nine to five job, you know, of course we still have to pay bills and things like that, but we have other talents that we don't, realize or we don't utilize and so for me who's always been a creative you know it was just things that now seem to just be um balancing out between each other so the whole fashion and traveling thing now the fashion we've been known all over starting to get known all over the world so mm-hmm. we are you know started going traveling again and it's picked up a lot everywhere and so you know now it's something you can write about and it's now mm-hmm. becoming a thing where people are starting to get out of the house go places nice. and so that's how that came about and then you know I think I've also just been a community kind of person like where we lived you we did there was so many people um that didn't speak, um, English. So you had to, and this was going back before smartphones came out, you know, (laughs) they were just starting to come out. And so, you know, you had to talk to the person you, otherwise you couldn't, you just couldn't survive, you know, because you, you, there was, you know, you just had to figure it out. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think with, people, you know, if you know that you've got that sort of talent in different areas, you know, just try, just try a little bit. It doesn't have to be a big step, but just try a little bit in each area and then, you know, decide just, you don't have to decide, but you can just balance it out write a schedule, whatever you feel like doing. And yeah, just work your way from there. Right,
0: Like you said, even with you, with the um, activism, I mean, you were just posting stuff and somebody you know, it was right place at the right time. Somebody saw it and approached you. So, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. So yeah, go for it.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Now your fashion brand has a unique approach by using recycled fabrics. So what inspired you to choose sustainability as a core value in your business?
1: I think it was just, you know, after the pandemic, I feel like a lot of businesses changed. You know, we saw the results of you know, uh, less pollution. We saw the results of, you know, clean air, you know, whatever it may be. But we Mm -hmm. saw the effect of just being shut down for, you know, that many years, What the effect it was actually having. So I feel like a lot of people took that time to really just think about what they wanted to do, what they had, they wanted to uh, make that comeback. And for me, it was actually because I didn't have a lot of money. So it was basically like, I was like, well, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. How am I even going to make all this happen? And so it was just basically me taking, uh, you know, used items that people wear and, you know, they didn't want them anymore. So we, we changed it up. We re, Restarted, and then I also watched a lot of like tutorials on um on YouTube so mm-hmm. uh, it was just like oh well you know you can just make simple things like hair scrunchies a friend of mine she actually was one of the people who actually got me back into sewing because mm-hmm. I got another friend she gave me a sewing machine during the pandemic <laughs> or actually just before the pandemic um for my birthday I never touched it and it wasn't <laughs> until the pandemic we were trying to think of ways to make money or ways to just do something you know so it was like she taught me how to this other friend taught me how to make uh, scrunchies and then from there (laughs) I just kind of just started watching things on YouTube and just recreated it yeah
0: nice I know it's funny I always say YouTube has an answer for everything anytime even with my husband he's trying to fix something there's a YouTube video that's (laughs) right it's just insane (laughs) but that's awesome that you um, were creative and it was amazing to see like you said with the pandemic. You know, with no planes flying, nobody driving, you know, the, they were saying, I think, um, the whales and everything with the dolphins, they were back in the water because they're normally scattered. The air quality, was I mean, it's it, you, if anything, it was an eye opener for a lot of people. So that's amazing. Now, can you tell us about a memorable travel experience that directly influenced one of your fashion designs or collections?
1: A charity experience, you said? No, no. Um, <laughs>
0: Uh, can, a memorable travel experience. Travel, oh,
1: memorable travel. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> that's okay.
0: <laughs> um, <I> think, <laughs> um, but hey, if you have a charity experience, oh, you can talk really about that one. too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's just. Um, I don't think we've had we've had so many like memorial like uh, memorable sorry experiences (laughs) and I think the biggest thing about it is that it's really you know what we do with our brand is really bringing people together that um you don't know so you know and with New York Fashion Week we had about 10 people they never ever met each other at all they had never seen each other before (laughs) so (laughs) you know and we had started talking on Zoom and so You know, it was just things like that. There's so many different ways to connect with people, regardless of where they look like and where they come from. And I think, you know, when we we traveled as a kid and, you know, this was going back when we, you had to... You, ha- you had maps, but it wasn't Google Map. It was an actual <laughs> right. book. You had to pull over on the right. side of the road to figure out where you're going. You know, but it was things like that. I think just you know, I think where were we? I think we were driving. Oh, we were drive. So in Asia, um, going to different countries, it's not that far. It's maybe like I think we drove from when we lived in Malaysia was from Malaysia to Singapore, and we go on the weekends, which is about three hour drive. Obviously, you've got to cross the border. So you know, and I think we, and I think there was something they they stopped us, or something happened. But I just remember, you know, it was being sorted out whether it was a language barrier. But there's so many different ways to mm-hmm. communicate with people, and I think mm-hmm. that's the best thing about uh, what we do in our brand is really about communicating with people because there's no right or wrong answer. You know, if mm-hmm. I said do you point right, you're going to point a different way. So mm-hmm. you know, it's always about just learning from other people, and I think that's the the best thing about us having traveled and lived everywhere.
0: I mean, that's actually awesome that you were traveled around the world. I mean, so many people, myself included, only went ventured so far. But really, you know, we always said I grew up in Manhattan, it's a melting pot, people from around the world. And I just love meeting and, you know, different people, learning their background, and we're all different. So, you know, there's some. And it's a big thing nowadays about including people because so many people could say, oh, they're different from me, but learn about one another because it's just there's such a variety of people and backgrounds and, you know, religions and customs. And it's just fascinating to learn all about them. That's awesome that you included in your uh, fashion. <laughs> now, in your shoe line, what kind of theme or values do you like to express through your designs? Are there any stories behind your favorite pieces?
1: I think... So I had this one um, outfit. I bought it from overseas during the pandemic. I did a lot of online shopping. So <laughs> half of it, I didn't know if it fit me or anything. And then no. so, and half of it I kept. I was like, well, what am I going to do with all this? But there was a dress that... Um, the dress had like a a hole in the middle. Obviously, it was for like uh, people who like to show cleavage and all you that. Know, and I wasn't very, I'm not very blessed in that area. So I was like, well, this is going to be, I'm like, well, what are we doing with this? So I kept the piece because it was a beautiful dress. And so then I decided to actually cut it and make it two pieces. So it was basically um, a skirt and then I made it a jacket. And we ended nice. up selling that in Philadelphia after our show for about 100 dollars um, US so wow, nice. you know but I think yeah I think there's always been sort of different things I think I had um, uh, an hour uh, if I'm saying it right and I'll die so my dad went to Vietnam when okay. he lived there And so, you know, every time he come back, he would bring me something back. I was like, can you bring me something back? And in Vietnam, they have amazing silk. It's just the most softest thing you've seen. And at the time when he got it for me, I fit into it. But then, you know, since then I kind of grew and all this sort of stuff. So it didn't fit me. And I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? So we actually kind of used it as a jacket uh, for runway seven fashion. That was the production we did. In New York so we kind of just you know but I think the I think the coolest thing about you know what we do it's it's all about different fabrics and just because some of the stuff that we've got is from different parts of the world so you know you can really you know show that to people that there's different kinds of fabric out there and you know different uh different styles so I think yeah that's been a really good thing about it
0: nice I know you need that creativity you know because not everybody sees things you know my daughter was like that like she could just take whatever was in the closet and everybody would stop her and be like that's amazing but I would never even have thought to put that together you know and that sounds like what you did so I mean you just have that creative you know which is awesome (laughs) now with your fashion brand being based on diversity how do you ensure that you're being inclusive and representing different cultures respectively
1: well, I think I wrote so one. Well. So we had who did we have for New York Fashion Week? I spent a lot of time because I also recruit half of the people. So <laughs> most of the people, when I said diverse, I really wanted it to be not just in age or color or body shape, but I really wanted it to be, you know, in in background. So we had a couple of people who actually one girl. Oh okay, no, yeah, a couple of people. They speak. They they didn't. Uh, well, one person first language is definitely actually two people definitely not English so I think they speak up to at least three four languages and nice. then English and then you know so I think it was it was interesting to see the communication between all the different people because we did have you know people whose first language was English so it was interesting because we were um we We were in New York, and if you and if people haven't been to New York, it's all um, one, two, three, four, five, all the streets. But then you've got to describe which section you're in, so it could be like I don't know thirty-four, thirty-four and Seventh Avenue, you know. So it's basically (laughs) thirty-four Street and Seventh Corner. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. So my friend. she's from Ghana and she flew there uh, from Ghana and she was staying with relatives. I said, Oh, let's meet on this street. I said, okay. So we call her, we get to the street. I'm like, where are you? And she And because she's from, she's from the country and normally, you know, um, I'm also from the Philippines as well. So in the country, we don't have streets, you know, because the (laughs) towns are small. So people just know where you are. So I'm just like, she said 34th Street or something. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, where? She's like, (laughs) I'm on 34th Street. I'm like, where? You know how long (laughs) 34th Street is? Which section? What is in front of you? You know, (laughs) but we, but when we include people in the brand, it's not, you know, about what they speak or you know what what religion they are, it's really mm-hmm. about learning from um, those people. And for me, I'm also hearing impaired, so I also. Um, you know, share that with people, you know, because sometimes people are like, oh, you know, what kind of designer are we going to get? Is it someone just telling us to, you know, what to do, you know? So I decided to let the group pick what they want to wear, you know, uh, whether it fits or not. So in the future, we're hoping to make them like a, a free size for everybody. So we're still working on that, but right. I let everybody just pick what they wear and let them style it up and they decide, what they want to do and all that mm-hmm. and so they go you know, I let them have fun because in the fashion industry you're just told what to do and everything so mm-hmm. you know and the reason why we didn't put a criteria on the casting or the age was just because as a model myself it was just like from experience I had seen when I go to places they'd be like everybody can apply but they just didn't have anything for, you know, people like my size. Right. They didn't have people, you know, it had to be a certain height or something. And I was like, really? Right. What's the point <laughs> of saying a can apply if, yeah. you know, it's only for certain people. So that's, yeah, that's the reason why we've become diverse and inclusive that way. Yeah,
0: nice. I'm sure you put smiles on a lot of people because it is true. Like even, you know, besides the modeling, getting the clothes, they're made for a specific type of person doesn't mean it applies to everybody, you know, and it, 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 it yeah, it drives me nuts, <laughs> yeah, so that's nice that you're including a, such a diverse amount of, um, material. Now, have your side hustles, like creating items from recycled fabrics, complement your main fashion business, and what's your vision for them in the future?
1: Um, I think it was really just, uh, you know, because I was, uh, at university at the time when all this started, so it was like, oh uh, didn't have money just to get, you know, something yeah. simple, you know. So it was just like, you know, and I, and I was also really skeptical. I was like, oh, you know, with the pandemic, a lot of people have been buying anything. They don't want to buy anything. You know, inflation's come up. And so, you know, it was really just something that just started really small. And even with New York Fashion Week, I was like, I've got no idea. And I mean, I heard about it, but it wasn't like a thing I saw myself doing until somebody said, oh, apply. I'm like, what do you mean apply? So (laughs) I applied and then we got accepted out of like 4,000 people. And I was like, oh, okay, now what? We just got to roll with it. So, you know, but I think it's also about, uh making it look different you know because I do a lot of research so I go into the actually go into the shop I look at the prices I see what sizes there are and and you know and because we do have like heaps of fabric I try to use um use it all I've made some into bangles I've got um reversible hair bonnets and we're actually taking some to the um uh, they call it the Cancer Council. So, mm-hmm. a show they put for the yeah. people who are battling cancer. So, we're doing things like that. So, awesome. you know, it's more, I think for me, it was just a fun thing to do because there was nothing mm-hmm. to do in the pandemic. So, <laughs> yeah. it was just like, well, let's find something to do. So, and then now, now I'm just stuck with it all, which has been good. It's been a, you know, it's been one year and it's just been one big roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm still learning all the time. So, yeah.
0: Just being accepted for Fashion Week, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. I mean, I'm born and raised in New York, so I used to pass it by all the time. And it's not everybody gets in there. So that's actually a huge accomplishment. So good for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because someone I knew said to me, oh, because they were they live here and they were from Philadelphia. It's like, oh, trust me everybody tries to apply so if you get it from the other side of the world you're doing a pretty good job i'm like okay but we also (laughs) created um shoes so i designed shoes Mm. and we actually have a manufacturer in the philippines and they're hoping to go plant-based so we're trying to go down that avenue become more um environmental friendly so nice that's
0: awesome Now, as someone who's been successful in multiple areas, what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs who are hesitant to follow their desire, their diverse passion?
1: I think the hardest thing about our younger generation is that we're not patient enough. You know, it's so Mm -hmm. different to like, (laughs) you know, because people always be like, oh. The older generation don't know things, but the one thing they have is patience you know because things were in black and white tv you had to wait for you know you had to when you picked up the phone you know it wasn't like oh we just dial it you know you had to wait for the i remember having dial up you know you had to wait for the other person to get off the right. you know off the internet and then call but you know i think the biggest thing about us young people is that we We always just, we want it now. And the hardest thing about an entrepreneur is that you have your moments where you're like, oh, this is working. But then you'll have moments where you're like, it's not working. What do I do? Why is it not working? And, you know, you, you just have to keep going. Like even this whole thing that we've created, some days I'm just like, I don't know. Nothing's going on. <laughs> Is it, what's What's happening? No. You know, and then some days I'm like, oh my God, it's working. Yay. Okay. <laughs> you know, and And so you just have to keep going. Just try different ways. Just put it out there. You know, it's kind of like, for example, I have a chicken. So my chicken, she loves to, she loves to eat. And that's her goal, right? So <laughs> her goal is to eat. Even if I'm not at the house to feed her, she'll go. She's the neighborhood chicken. Everybody knows her. So <laughs> she goes to three other houses to eat and that's still her goal. So, you know, the route to your goal is still, you know, it, it always changes. It diverts mm-hmm. somewhere else, but your goal is still the same. So, you know, I think if young people, if we just stick to, you know, even older people, you know, there's so many um, older people coming out as models, as, you know, just doing everything. I think one of the boys that we had, he's in his 40s um, and he's a, he's become a big actor since he did New York Fashion Week with us. Yes. And, you know, and for him, even he said on his podcast, um, that's, that's the oldest you can get because a lot of the <laughs> models, you know, a lot of the models in the fashion industry, they're like, college kids they're in the early 20s you know so there's no you know and I think as in the last maybe few years or even longer we've accepted that people of different ages can do anything can achieve anything and you know I think you know it's all in the mindset but you also have to be surrounded with people who are cheering for you and I think you know we just have to just keep going there's nothing there's nothing that's stopping you and you know you you only you only live live once I've you know had a lot of friends that have passed away now and they were 34 around that age or you know younger than that and you know they lost um they lost their battle to cancer but you know they they never you know stop to think about like you know how to reach their goal you know they just kept going and they had fun so and that's a good thing you have to have fun with what you're doing if you're not having fun then no and you yeah. you need to pick something else <laughs>
0: yeah no it is true I mean we always have this talk about like your legacy you know what um what do you do and what impact are you leaving for everybody you know One, like you say, even if you're working a nine-to-five job and you hate it, you still have to have something fun in your life, whether it be your family or whatever. And you are so right with the younger generation. Everything nowadays is instant gratification. They want instant results. It's like life is a process. It happens. But like you say, be patient. They would never survive how it was back then. So now looking ahead, what's one dream project or collaboration that you'd love to accomplish through your brand Beautiful Diverse, and how can our listeners support you in achieving that goal?
1: Um. So we've been lucky. We've been really blessed to be able to have um, a lady sponsor. She runs a disability service here in Brisbane, which is the city I'm in, um, in Australia. And she's actually been sponsoring all our fashion shows because there's designer fees. So we've been pretty blessed in that way. But the one thing I always wanted to do was to also... I guess create scholarships, you know, to kind of put more things that give back to the community. But yeah. also, you know, for young kids to go to, to college or school, whatever it may be. But I also wanted to create a, like a um a makeup brand and, and things like that and to, you know, and now it changes so so many times. I and mean, now you can get vegan makeup and all this <laughs> sorts of stuff, you know, all these different things. But you know, just I, I like to have a lot of fun. So, you know, it's just all about experimenting. But I think yeah. Yeah, definitely um, about creating scholarships. That was something I was always pretty big on, especially, um, you know, having uh, been born in a third world country. You know, I couldn't imagine. Uh, well, I mean, I can, but I couldn't imagine what my life would have been like now. You know, I definitely wouldn't be here at all if I was still living there, you know. So I've been pretty blessed in that way. And, you know, just from that, I'm sort of, you know, I want to give back to the community community that way and yeah and I think you know if anybody wants to sponsor us or you know -hmm. it's not about the money but you know we still keep in touch with all the people that we've been you know that have been supporting us whether it's you know financially whether it's emotionally whatever Mm -hmm. it is so it's really about yeah just keeping in contact and I keep up to date with all our models you know I I stalk them even our (laughs) photographers you know I stalk them what they're doing I think one photographer he just turned 64 he has a what does they call it it's a shepherd doodle or something but just it looks like a panda to me it's just so yeah yeah and they they travel all around the usa this like him and his dog so and it's just you know it's just great just to see people doing other things and you know seeing what they're up to so
0: yeah that's awesome anything else you want to talk about what you're working on any new projects coming up or anything you want to tell us
1: I think we've got what have we got? We have New York Fashion Week coming up again in September. So we someone found us. I get I get all these emails from people. I don't have no idea who they are, you know. But they found us and they want us to um compete for a cash prize. So we're oh, nice. we're going up against that. So that'll be exciting. I'm like, we need funding. Yay. <laughs>
0: You that's know, awesome. now I've got
1: to put the work in, yeah, to make that happen. So that's, I think that's the 9th or the 8th of September or one one of those days. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And now we've got London Fashion Week and we're, um, we've, uh, yeah, we're looking for some sponsors if anybody is keen to do that. And then I think, I think that's all. Oh, we do have Ireland coming up as well. So that'll be, I think that's October. So we've got an Ireland yeah. show in um, in Belfast.
0: Wow. Amazing. The fact that people are are seeking you out, that's a
1: pretty big thing. <laughs> I, kind nice. of be, I, always, I always have to read and Google. So they I know show. who you are. I'm like, that's important.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we're going to circulate this around the world. So sponsors out there, pay attention. <laughs> so how can people get a hold of you and learn more about you?
1: um sir, so i'm on instagram as well as facebook so it's called beautifully diverse fashion um and if that's too long i'm sure we'll put it up there somewhere <laughs> but otherwise <laughs> um you can find me mostly on instagram or facebook it's under francis helena and that's with a it's like the country france with the s on the end so because yeah, yeah sure. it used to be a spelling with an i but it's an e But otherwise it's, yeah, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram and yeah, I'll be there somewhere.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the show. Again, that was Frances Helena of Beautifully Diverse. So thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.